Welcome to the YouTube Creators Hub podcast, where we help you conquer the internet one video at a time. We cover everything from how to start a YouTube channel to how to make a video go viral. And now, here's your host, the one and only Dusty Porter. Hello and welcome back to episode 12 of the YouTube Creators Hub podcast. Guys, I would like to apologize for the inconsistency of the episodes. I have had sickness all in this house in the past week and a half. My daughter got sick, my wife got sick, and then I got sick, so we were passing it all back and forth, so I do apologize for that, but I promise you I'm going to make it up to you today as we have an awesome guest, Mr. Adam Saxton from the Guy in a Cube YouTube channel. You're really going to love some of the stuff that he shares with us today, so I'm not going to drag this intro out. I just want to continue to encourage you guys to get out there, create that content, and make content that matters. That's what I want to focus on today. Just make some content that really makes a difference in the world. So, without further ado, as always, don't forget to check out our Patreon page, support us over there, throw us a couple It helps us keep the lights on. Also, think about using our Audible link to listen to your free book today. And that's all the house cleaning I want to do today. Let's jump into the interview. Hello and welcome back to the ever so long-awaited episode 12 here of the YouTube Creators Hub podcast. I am so sorry that... I have not brought you content the past week and a half or two weeks. I uh, had some sickness here in the house, but we are back better than ever, ready to go. And today in the interview portion, I am honored to have Mr. Adam Saxton on the show. He has been on YouTube a little over a year. His channel name is Guy in a Cube. His channel is all about helping people gain insight by learning and growing on the Microsoft Business Intelligence stack. That's a mouthful. We're going to ask him to kind of bring it down a level to our level here in the episode, so don't worry about that. Adam is a current employee of Microsoft, so we're going to ask him about that as well. Adam, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Just excited to finally get you on the show after a couple delays there. All right. So, Adam, before we even get started with the normal questions that I ask, can you maybe explain to the audience what you do on your channel as far as the whole Microsoft business side of things? Yeah, so it there are certain product Microsoft has a ton of different products, and the products I focus on are what are called the business intelligence products. So it's more about like reporting. It's all about data, really. So I love data. Um, so when we talk about uh, data warehousing or big data or reporting those t- analytics, that type of stuff. That's that's business intelligence okay. or business analytics. Now, what made you want to start a YouTube channel or a video channel about this stuff? Obviously, you love it. You have a passion about it. But did people ask you questions about what you did or, or how did that come about? So I, I was in support for about 10 years, um, again, supporting the business intelligence stuff and SQL Server and databases, that kind of stuff. Um, and on the support side, we would go through these things that we called triages where a bunch of us would get together, talk about cases and try and figure out best practices or like how to fix stuff. And over a while, we documented some of that. We did some internal recordings. And I started looking at it and I'm like, you know, like 80% of this is not confidential. So why don't we get it out there in the community? Because my whole purpose for my job was to put myself out of a job from a support perspective. Like I didn't want the call. Like I want the gnarly deep calls. I don't want the calls I get every day. Like, you know, this is, 
stuff that someone else can go fix. Right. So primarily your videos set out in the beginning to basically solve a problem, uh, a frequent problem that you saw with people calling in to you. Yeah. And getting um, inf getting info out there of how to troubleshoot stuff and whatnot. That is awesome. All right. So let's get into these questions. So first question is this, and we kind of touched it a little bit there in that question, but so how did you get started specifically on YouTube? Well, uh, I, I had videos and I was looking for like, how do I get these out to the world? Like what's the best way to get them out to the community? Um, there, Microsoft doesn't necessarily have a good platform for that. Okay. And, and so obviously I'm a Microsoft employee. So when I look at hosting things, I'm like, I, I think about, you know, do I want to put it on a competitor's product or platform? Sure. And Microsoft doesn't have a good answer from a video standpoint. So I decided to use YouTube. We, we do have, we do have some things. Um, one of them is Office Mix, and I was actually told I should be putting it on Office Mix. Right. And so for a while, I was actually putting it both on the YouTube channel and Office Mix to make sure that you know people were uh, accepted. You know what I was doing. Sure. Um, and then after a little while, I broke uh, <laughs> Office Mix. So, so <laughs> I was like, so YouTube's YouTube. the only option. That's it. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. So as far as the channel itself, the channel's name is Guy in a Cube, and we're going to talk about this later, but I'm going to have a link everywhere uh, down below. Wherever you're watching or listening to this, you need to go look at his channel. Uh, he's done a great job with the artwork. Uh, it's it, the, the, the channel itself is branded better uh, than 90% of the channels that I see on YouTube. Uh, Adam has done a great job, uh, and he told me he's used Photoshop, and he's done it himself uh, by creating an awesome-looking channel banner, a great-looking profile image, and I can't uh, say this enough in this show and when people ask me questions about growing their YouTube channel, if you want people to stay and consume your content and subscribe to you and become part of your community, there is no better way of saying, hey, I'm going to be here, I'm going to be consistent than creating some really sharp looking graphics and images and you can do it for free. It doesn't have to be Photoshop. I've already mentioned free options before and I'll put some links down below on some free photo editing software and I'm telling you guys that's a crucial part of, of when you have a YouTube channel, you want it to look professional, especially if you want to grow the channel. So. Let's go into question number two, Adam. How has YouTube helped your business? And on the flip side of that, is YouTube becoming a business for you? So I'm a Microsoft employee, so I have to say no. It's not a, it's not a business in the sense that I'm doing it for profit and like sure. that's my that's an income stream for me. Sure. Um, I, I would say it is business-like in the sense that I'm consistent with it. I focus on it. Um, I use it as a platform to get a message out. Right. Um, so in that sense, it is a business for me, and it it's definitely it's it's growing. Um, I'm making more uh, inroads on you know, viewers and reach. And I, I'm very cognizant about that in terms of analytics and trying to, I'm always trying something new to, to try and increase my reach. Right. And what I do. And it's, it's, it's fantastic speaking with someone like you because it's, it's like I tell people all the time, if you want to start YouTube to make a living or make money, you're doing it for the wrong reason. If you're yep. doing it for that reason, you might as well not even do it. Yeah, number, number one, the money's not there. Uh, you know, I tell people that. The, the, the money's not going to be enough, especially if you want to support your family. And number two, the reason you should start a YouTube channel to create content 
is because you have a passion of spreading the message for what you're trying to get across. And Adam has done better than most people in that he knows what his message message is, and that's to help people with these intricate business-type Microsoft things that he's doing there. And he wants people to be able to answer these simple questions that he can tell them about with his videos. Uh, and his videos do a great job. And again, like I said, I told him earlier before we went on the show, I know nothing about Microsoft Business Intelligence Stack. But when I watched his videos, I could see if I had a question about that, how his videos would do a great job of giving me the information I needed to fix my problem. And and I think that's what Adam's trying to accomplish, and he's doing a great job at it. So question number three is this. What is something that you wish someone would have told you, Adam, when you first started out on YouTube? Don't do long-form video. <laughs> <laughs> All um, right. Explain that. Explain yeah, what long-form video is. I, I started doing... Uh, so. Going back to what I said earlier about the triages that we did and we recorded internally, mm -hmm. those were usually about half hour to an hour long. Mm -hmm. And we'd just go through, you know, very deep, a lot of details. And the videos I first started pumping out were like 30 to 40 minutes long. Oh, wow. And I was, yeah, I was putting a lot of time in there researching, trying to do demos and, and all sorts of stuff. I was treating it like a presentation that I would at a conference that's an hour long. Sure. And, uh, when I started looking at the analytics, I was like, all right, my average view time is like three to four minutes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm wasting my time here. Um, and so over the course of time, I, I trimmed it down where I'm hitting about three to five minutes on videos because that's kind of the sweet spot for uh, anything more than that, at least for the topics that I do from a tech perspective and, right. and trying to go deep. Anything longer than that, and I, attention seems to... Wayne, um, I have learned some things in terms of, uh, in, you know, the content length itself should be focused on, look, get your message across in the quickest amount of time that you can, but don't Agree. skimp on it. Agree. No, so. that, that is so important, especially doing a lot of what you and I do with doing tutorials and instructional videos. People are going on the internet because they want to fix their problem in the quickest amount of time possible. And a lot of times earlier on in my YouTube journey, I would get a lot of comments in the description and it would hurt my feelings. Obviously now it doesn't, but then it did. And they would say, this guy could have made this video in two minutes as yep. opposed to six minutes. You know, they'd comment about that and I would be like, well, you know, I, I kind of, and then I watched the video back and I saw what they were talking about. I did a lot of rambling at the beginning and the middle about stuff that wasn't relevant to what the video was trying to solve. Yep. Um, and the only thing that I would say about long-form video, the only people or types of channel that I think should do long-form video are people who are doing vlog-style videos. If you're doing a family vlog or if you're doing a daily vlog, then that's fine. You can do an 8, 10, 12, 15-minute video because people are going to stay because they want to see what you're doing. And a vlog is a different type of video than a tutorial or a unboxing or instructional video and you know I was doing 8 10 12 minute photoshop tutorials and people weren't staying around but 3 or 4 minutes and I you can actually see on the analytics and I don't know if you know this Adam I'm sure you do you can see actually what parts of the video people are watching and you can see if they're skimming forward or they're going backwards. And people would just go basically to where they could solve their problem and then they would leave the video. So, you know, that long form video, like Adam says, and the thing is, is YouTube takes a lot of consideration into watch time. 
Yep. And watch time is a huge portion of what's going to help your videos rank that you have out there and the videos you publish in the future. So remember that you want to make sure you get people watching your videos. And I say this all the time. It's a cliche, but you want people staying in your little realm, your little atmosphere as long as possible. Uh, so Adam, that's such a great piece of advice there about long form video. Watch what you're doing. You don't want to make videos too long and bore people. But again, like Adam said, you don't want to skimp either. You want to do the research and quality content as well. So there's a good balance there, I think. Yeah. And I'll add that. I say that I try to target 35 minutes, but I've had videos that are, you know, seven to eight minutes long. And because, some will be that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what it took to put the value in there for the for the viewers. So absolutely make, make sure the key thing is make sure the value's there. But one thing I've done, like as I've gone through this is I've gotten way better at cutting down the, the chatter. <laughs> you, you've got so. to, sometimes you get in front of a microphone and you, you, you real you don't realize it until after you get done recording and you're listening back and you're like, man, I really didn't have to say that last 25 seconds there. Yep. That was unnecessary, <laughs> but that that's just something we do as, as humans. Yep. I don't know if it's because we like to hear our voice or if we're, you know, just start rambling or, or whatever that is, but sometimes we get nervous and we'll start to ramble and I'm, and the guy in the comment section is completely right. You know what? And I, you, you brought this up too. I would, I would say, make sure you go back and watch your video oh, because yeah. I, I became very aware of things that I was doing and like I have, my I have my wife watch them too. She knows she's not a tech person. Yeah, but I'm like, look, I don't want you to ga- you know judge me on the tech piece of it. I want you, I want you to tell me like, was it, you know, was there something that was annoying that I was doing? Was do I have like a tick of some hot, some sort? Right. Uh, one thing recently I've been working on in the last few videos is like my hand movements. I I talk with my hands and it's I I, I actually went to three different people and said, look tell me how this is going. And they, they all came back and said, look, my hands were distracting. So I've actively been working on that for like the last few videos. Right. And it, sometimes it's good. I actually let my wife uh, look at my videos as well when we have time. And my dad actually is subscribed to my channel and he's completely bought in to, to, to what I do and has been yeah. since I started. And every video I do, he'll send me a, a text message and be like, hey, you know, you, you, you had too many ums in that one or, mm-hmm. you know, you went too long. And it's always good to have a, a person look at a video who's not necessarily very informed on the topic or the content. All they really can help you or critique is the presentation. Yep. And that's extremely important. And also about watching your videos back. Adam made a great point there. If anything, watch your videos back to make sure you didn't make an error when you edited the video. You may have left in uh, one of your flubs uh, from audio. You may have uh, edited something out that you didn't mean to. It's always good to go back and double check and triple check your video because when you put out content and there's a glaring mistake or error that could have been easily... Obviously, there's going to be mess ups and you want to be real. You don't want to be fake or, or pro- too professional, but you, you don't want to leave those big mistakes in there that could have been easily edited out because people are going to then realize, well, this guy doesn't care or this girl doesn't care. So make sure you go back, watch your videos, see you know if you can critique yourself. I mean, I, my biggest critic is me. When I go back and watch my videos, I, I say to myself, man, I could have done that better. I could have been more efficient about explaining that. So go back and watch your videos and I think you guys will get a big benefit from doing that. 
Yeah, I call it fit and finish. Like, just make sure it's polished as best as it can. And... I like that. Fit and finish. That's a good yeah. way. That's a good way of putting it. Um, yeah. So, question four. This is a, a good question. I always enjoy hearing what other YouTubers have to say with this one here. Are there any YouTube tools, not specifically from YouTube, but tools that you use in your day-to-day YouTube business journey, whatever you want to call it, that you use that you couldn't live without? Google Analytics. Google <laughs> Analytics. The, the biggest thing. So Okay, so I, explain how you use those. So all the graphs and whatnot uh, are very helpful in terms of watch time, seeing which videos are doing well, which aren't. Um, you kind of touched on it before. The audience retention graph mm-hmm. is really key to understanding. Now, are you talking about the analytics within YouTube? Yes. Yeah. Okay, yes, in, yes. Inside YouTube itself. Yes, yeah. yes absolutely. Yeah. And the the audience retention graph is huge. I remember when that I, it dawned on me. I'm like, oh my gosh! Like, how have I not been looking at this before? And you can actually see where the drop offs are. You mentioned before, like drop offs, and if they're going, like, if you see a spike, it's probably because people are going back and rewatching a part, or right. um, and you can really see what that is. I was told that you get a percentage for your uh, audience retention, and I was told that. You want that to probably be around 60 to 70%. Mm-hmm. And so I noticed a lot of mine were like in the 30s and 40s. And right. then once I started paying attention to it and making tweaks, it's now up in that that range where you want it to be. That's awesome. Now, maybe you can explain to the audience in a different way that I have in the past. Why does audience retention matter as far as like search results? Can you maybe explain that a little yeah. bit? Yeah, and you touched on it before, is watch time is king, right? Okay. That's, so everything comes in terms of search results for Google. So you want people to find and discover your videos. Right. And that's done through search results, and that's done through YouTube search, it's done through Google search. And what how they weight your rank on your videos mm-hmm. is through watch time. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's through the number of views, and I mean, there's a lot of stuff that goes Sure, it's, it's not, not just, just watch, watch time, time, right. But watch time, I, I think is the, I've heard is the, is the biggest thing that you want. So you want people to stay in there and, and keep watching the videos, and, and that adds up over time. So Now, I don't mean to, to <clears> cut you off, <throat> no, but what, what have you found? You said you increased your number by tweaking some things. What have you found to help you increase your watch time? Well, like one thing I did was I had um, at the end, so like my end card and kind of sign off, there were a lot of things that I was told about, be careful about your trigger that the video's over. Mm-hmm. So there's certain things I was saying towards the end mm-hmm. that were a clue that, hey, the value's gone now, so you can stop watching. Um, an wow. example of that would be, at the end, I'd be like, okay, so that was a look at whatever. And then I keep talking for like maybe 30, 40 seconds. Well, the minute I say, okay, that was a look at, that's a clue that, hey, I'm done. So I'm out. So wow. I, stopped, I stopped saying those types of things. So I instead went towards a, and I'm still working on it, so I'm still trying some things. But sure. uh, what I've done recently is I'm looking at, once I'm done with the content, I go immediately into, here's my question for you and some of the call for actions. So I don't, do anything that I'm trying to limit the the clues there that it's over. So you went you went from giving the audience clues that hey okay the the content is now not as valuable to you to now you've changed it to actually asking them for uh, interaction is that correct? Yeah, and I I was doing that before, but the problem was is I was doing it after I clued that the video was over. Ah, uh, that's 
Mm, that's good. That's that's yeah. some good stuff. I I've never <laughs> thought of it that way, but if you're letting your viewer know that you know, hey, this this thing's winding down. It's like when someone's at a concert or someone's at a uh, conference. Whenever they start, you know, talking about you know going to the next session or whatever, people already start getting up. That's yep. that even happens at church and places like that. People get up and start walking out the doors. So that's that's important. So listeners, think about what Adam just said about. When you're giving your calls to action, you don't want your audience to already be gone. You want them to listen to that so they can stay in your ecosystem. So another clue for uh, if you don't do music. So I do music throughout the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Originally, I was toying with like not doing music through the whole thing. So just in the beginning and the end. But be careful if you're doing music at the beginning and end and not during the middle. Mm -hmm. Be careful about when you start playing the music at the end because that's another clue that the video is ending. That's another tip of the hat. Okay. No, that's 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 some that's some good stuff. I've never thought of it that way, Adam. That's yep. a great insight there. So you actually mentioned that you use music and you do the videos that I've watched of yours mm-hmm. have a little background. I call it a music bed uh, behind your videos. Talk about that for a second. I, I've, I've never really touched on that in the show. What is a good place or a good way if there's people out there who want to use music in their videos, but they don't want to get caught with copyright strikes? What are you doing to make sure you don't get flagged? I use audio blocks. So that's where I've gotten all of that. From. I do. I do. I, I use audio blocks as <laughs> yeah. well. That's a premium service. If yes. you want to know about audio blocks, um, I got a link down below. Mm-hmm. I'll put the link down below. If you use my link disclaimer, I do get a little bit from it, but you're going to actually save some money. It's $99 uh, for uh, a whole year of service you get not only music beds but you get sound effects you get little background sound it's just it's a great great service it's basically like stock photos but it's stock audio Um, and it's a cheap way of making your content sound better in my opinion would you give audio i don't want to give it because people think that i'm just advertising for them but but would you say that's a great company to to go for I would say that the return on investment is there for me. So it's, uh, yeah, I love it. Great. Well, I'll put the link down below uh, to where you guys can check out audio blocks. It's a great, great tool, but there are other tools out there, free tools. You can go to YouTube music. You can Google YouTube music. So I don't want you you guys to think, oh, well, he's just going to plug that. No, I'm not going to do that. You can use free music through YouTube. That's, uh, that's not going to, you know, have you striked by a copyright flag. So don't worry about that. There's other stuff you can do as well. So yeah. and, And pay attention to some other tools. Also, I noticed like going to like social blade, they have some links to like some free music you can go use. Yes, well. yeah. If you just Google uh, YouTube Able Music, you should be able to find it. I also found there's a new service that's coming out. I saw this on uh, Devin Supertramp. Uh, oh, I don't know if I have the link anymore. There was a um, there was a site that they came up. Oh. I don't have the link, but there, right. there was a recent video that he had where uh, there's a site that they're working on for free music for YouTubers specifically. Like, that would like be for, awesome. For if, if you can think of that link when we get done recording, yeah. I'll, I'll put it in the show notes and we'll let people go check it out. Oh, uh, never mind. I just got it. It's called usemysongs.com. Usemysongs.com. Okay. So they're just getting started, uh-huh. um, but it's, it's a way that YouTubers can sign up and that musicians can sign up and that you can find stuff and a way for musicians to you know get their music collaborate yeah and and use it for free so that's awesome so that's something i'm keeping my eye on i'll let uh, adam send me that link and we'll put that down below as well uh so 
The next question is this, Adam. If you could give one piece of advice to an emerging YouTuber or someone who's about to start a YouTube channel, what would that be? Don't care about gear. Mm, okay. Biggest it, thing, just start doing it. All right, uh, explain upon that a little more. Uh, I, I know a lot of people have, I've seen it from other YouTubers. I've seen it uh, in, in my interactions with other people are like, oh, well, I don't have a good camera and you know, I don't have a good microphone and... Um, while I would weight audio higher than video. Agreed. 100%. Um, <laughs> I, I would say like you know, uh, there's videos I've done. So I just did recently, I hit a thousand subscribers and I did a, like, what gear am I using video? Um, and in that, when I started out, cause I only have my one big DSLR camera. And so I obviously can't shoot my DSLR with my DSLR. Sure. And so the first portion of that, I just shot with my iPhone. Right. And it came out good. I mean, it wasn't wasn't bad at all. So, no, I mean, and that's what people don't understand is the it's 2016. The technology yeah. that you have in your pocket is unbelievable, yep. and the camera on your smartphones, if you have one of the newer iPhones or Androids or whatever it may be, or Windows Phone. I'm sorry, Adam. Uh, if, uh, if, I, if, I use if, an iPhone. <laughs> if, if you have one of those devices, you have a fantastic camera already at your disposal. And there's cheap things you can buy on Amazon, little cheap iPhone or Android tripods to use to stabilize the camera, and it'll look like you shot it with a DSLR from like a couple years ago. So don't worry about gear. I think that's such an important tip that Adam just gave is that a lot of people are like, man, I got to wait till I get that $1,000 camera or I got to buy that $500 microphone. No. There's a microphone called the Blue Yeti that costs 50 bucks or $79.99. I've told people about this, and you will sound amazing. You will sound so crisp, so good. And like Adam said, if I were to weigh one over the other, most definitely audio over video. If people can't understand what you're saying, it doesn't matter how great your video looks. It can be in 4K and people aren't going to watch it because they can't hear you or they don't know what you're trying to say. So if you're trying to share a message, spread a message on YouTube or, or help somebody do something, if Adam's trying to walk somebody through something, there's no way those people are going to get help from his video if they can't hear what Adam's saying. So definitely audio, audio over video. But I've got a post that I'll link down below on my website that lists out some really inexpensive gear choices that will get you up and running in no time. So I think that's a great piece of advice, Adam. So the next question is this, and this is kind of like a looking forward question and I really enjoy this question a lot um, what is next for your YouTube channel Adam and then uh, part B of that question is where do you see YouTube going as a platform in the future so let's go with part A first so in terms of where I see for the future I'm always first off I'm always trying new things I don't like just staying with the status quo so I'm, I'm trying to tweak things I'm trying to learn things and I, I, there's two things I'm toying around with in my head right now. I haven't committed to it. One is like a daily vlog type route. And I'm trying to figure out how that would really work with like the current channel, like how I'm doing it. So okay. I, I don't know if it's going to be a change up of really what the channel's all about or, or and, and still be tech focused, but right. more about like, look, this is, this is my day. This is what I go through. This is what it's like. These are the things that I learn today or something like that. Sure, sure, yeah. Um, and and or looking at maybe adding another day. So I do Tuesday, Thursday videos right now. Yeah, let me talk about that for a minute. Do you find that your consistency by posting Tuesday and Thursday, has that helped your channel grow? Absolutely. Okay. Like that. That's a, that's a big thing is consistency. Okay. Uh, I, I have friends that 
have a YouTube channel. That was one thing I commented to them right off the bat because they're like, I'm not getting like any traction on this stuff. And I'm like, okay, you did one video a month ago. You did another video five months before that. I'm like, right. there's no uh, – someone equated it to uh, like watching a TV show. Sure. So if like I'll use I, I watch the Flash, so I'll use the Flash. I do as well. I um, like the Flash. <laughs> so I know Flash is Tuesday nights. Sure. So every Tuesday night I expect the Flash. Mm-hmm. Well, what happens if you don't know which day of the week Flash is coming on? Well, you probably won't Can't watch it before the days of Hulu. <laughs> sure, 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 <laughs> um, sure, sure. You probably wouldn't watch it, um, and that that's what happened to like Firefly was a good example of that, where it was all over the map on the days, and people didn't know when to watch it. So. If you can pick, even if it's just one day a week, mm-hmm. um, I, I think that's probably the minimum you should strive for. Agreed. Um, that you should you should be doing that. I agree, hundred percent. And consistency is one of those things that I am still working on. It's the, it's one of the final pieces of the puzzle. Um, you know, as you and I had talked about, I have a a little a little one running around. So as far as consistency yeah. and having quietness in the house, sometimes it may be a different day of the week. So uh, a lot of that goes into one thing that I recommend to people to stay consistent is to batch record. And what I mean by that is if you have a day to where you can knock out and record two or three videos, you can do that and have those in the bank. So that way, when Tuesday or Thursday rolls around, Adam already has those videos. And if something comes up on those days, he doesn't have to worry about being without content because he already has those videos in the bank. Yeah. And I use like in terms of like scheduling and that kind of stuff, I use Trello for trying to keep track of tasks and like video ideas. what What is Trello? So Trello is a so Trello.com. It's a free. I don't pay for it, so it's free. Uh-huh. Um, and it's really just a, a task organizational system. So you can have boards, and then you can have items inside of there. So like just task organization. And is it an app for the desktop computer or for your it's a, iOS it's a, device? Yeah, it's a web service. There's an app for your phone okay. as well as uh, they they actually have a uh, Windows 10 app as well. Um, so, but it's, yeah, you can just create a board for yourself and then create kind of categories inside of it. And so I have like, I have like a video idea, mm-hmm. um, item category. And then I have, okay, these are the things that are, you know, I'm going to be recording today and I, I can associate dates with it and I have, there's a calendar in it. Um, so what's in, what's already been recorded, what's been edited, what's, you know, what's been published. So I, I can kind of track all of that nicely. That's great. Uh, and now I interrupted you. You said you had another thing that you were working on with the future of your channel, and I interrupted you. I apologize. No, no problem. So I'm I'm toying with either – I think it's going to be either or. So either the vlogging uh-huh. or adding another day because I do the Tuesday, Wednesday – or Tuesday, Thursday. And so maybe adding like a Wednesday video of – like I, I have a list growing of things that come up like – yeah, I work in a cube. My my whole thing is guy in a cube from a business perspective. And there's things that come up from a business and kind of career growth perspective that sure. aren't necessarily techie, but I think they're valuable. Right. Um, and so I'm thinking about, do I just do a new series just on that or do right. I incorporate that as part of vlogging and like just have that as that comes up in day-to-day workings and talk about that. Right. So, so I'm toying around with that. That's a great idea. And I think one thing to to pinpoint is, and I don't know if you do this specifically, I didn't have a chance to look at your Tuesdays and Thursdays to see if you did or not, but one good thing to do when you have days like that, what I'm going to try to do going forward this year, I've got some plans for next month and the month after that, is you know brand a specific day, like 
if you're doing a tutorial, do those on Tuesdays. So it'd be yeah. like tutorial Tuesday. And then if, if, if Adam goes forward with doing the business vlogs or whatever, he can do you know business with Adam on Wednesdays or whatever it is. You want to brand that day because some of your viewers are not going to want to see specific days of your content. So they know on Tuesday, I really don't need that. But on Wednesday, I really want to hear about the business piece. And, and because of that, you've branded that day and they're expecting that. And that's it's a very important thing to think about when we're talking about consistency. Um, so on the flip side of that question, Adam, I want to ask you this. Where do you think YouTube is going as a platform in the future? Well, I mean, YouTube, I think, is is still growing from what I can tell. Um, so I, I think it's still a valuable platform. Where I think it's interesting is how we can – So I, I was actually talking with a friend about this the other day of – Cause he's like, well, I don't really use YouTube, but I want to do videos. And I'm like, look, this is, think of this from a business perspective. Think of this as a stream of, or a funnel into your business. And I wouldn't focus solely on YouTube. Uh, I, you know, don't put all your eggs in one basket, but, but you can use other things to kind of complement it as well. So I've seen a lot of people using like either Snapchat or Instagram or both like, Maybe use that for like some behind the scenes stuff to promote your YouTube channel and your YouTube is where the main you know meat of it is. And or like I actually post on YouTube. I also post a video on my – I have a Facebook page for Gynecube as well. I post it in both. So they're native on both. Yeah. The, now the one thing I, that's interesting from a business perspective – I mean I know from a growth perspective and awareness it's, it's good to be on those platforms natively. Uh, but like on YouTube you actually get – like the analytics I think are better right now on YouTube. And, and also, I mean, you, you do have AdSense there if that's a focus for you, which I, I don't think it necessarily should be because it's not, you know, a whole lot to write home about if you're not, you know, if you, if you have 2 million subscribers, sure. Yeah. That's, it's something to write home about, but if you don't, then probably not. So, and I've heard like sponsor deals, you can get a lot more money out of those than through. AdSense. Yeah. There's, there's the, the, the money, business side of of youtube and video creation on yeah. youtube is is like i've said numerous times it's getting away from the ad revenue and moving much right. more toward the branding deals yep yep i agree and uh so i, I look at it as that's one avenue to promote what you're doing um my uh, but the buddy i was talking to he's a consultant on the tech side and and i told him like look your end goal is your main revenue stream is consulting and so the YouTube channel, that's the platform that you can share information. It's a good way for people to get to know who you are and the type of work that you do. And then the whole end goal of that is to convert the viewer into your website for your consulting business. What, what's your, what are you trying to do? What's your end result? Are you, where are you trying to point the visitors to? That's, that's your question. You know, what's your call to action? Right. right. And so, and so, you know, do that, have multiple revenue streams that can complement that as well. So you've got the YouTube stuff. He's got, uh, he's written a bunch of books. So I'm like, all right, well, you know, pump the book up. That's another revenue stream. Your consulting is another one. And so you can have, you know, eight, nine revenue streams that all kind of help funnel and your YouTube channel really helps that. Your YouTube channel is your main hub, you know, you use yep. that as your main hub. Yep. But like you said, if you have, you know, books that you've written or affiliate uh, places that you're working with um, or, you know, whatever the other business side business may be, use YouTube as a place to gather these people and then send them out. And I've seen I've told people this and they don't believe me, but I've seen people with under 
50,000, under 25,000 subscribers. That's mm -hmm. just a number. They've end up making six, seven, eight thousand dollars a month with with that small amount of subscriber base. It doesn't take the astronomical numbers. What it takes is somebody who has a raging and raving fan base who is dying for the content they're producing and will eat up anything they produce. That's what it takes. And I, I think a lot of that also ties into your brand. So it, well, a good book to read for people if you're not sure what your brand is or, or you're kind of floating around with some stuff is called Primal Branding. Yes, it's a great book. And they talk about the seven different areas of a brand and... So, if so. you want to read that book and you haven't already, use my Audible link down below. Like I said, it will help the show out. It will help the business out, but you will get that book for free. You can listen to it while you're working out. Check it out, Audible link down below. Now, the last question that I want to ask you, Adam, is this. This is a fun question. What are some guilty pleasure YouTube channels that you like to watch? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, probably the one, there's, there's two that I watch, I would say, religiously. Um, one is Casey Neistat. Yeah. Uh, I've been watching him for a while. Yeah. I love his stuff. Wait, and he recently just talked about in terms of the drones themselves about, look, use that. Don't just show landscape because people don't necessarily care about that, but incorporate that into your story. So, um, but yeah, no Casey. So I actually, I was telling some people that I have like two, what I call virtual mentors now. Uh, Casey Neistat is one of them just from a film perspective and just life in general. He talks about a lot of great stuff um, and like just, you know, keeping it real. And the other one is uh, Gary Vaynerchuk and he just from a business perspective, entrepreneurship, but even even life as well. I mean, he's talked about marriage and kids and time and all that. Stuff. So, I mean, uh, Gary V, I've talked about him before. I've read the majority of his books, Four Hour Work Week, Four Hour Body. Um, his most recent one is probably my favorite. Um, he, he basically, which is, it was cool how he did this by taking his YouTube show, The Daily V, and he made it into a book. And, and and that yep. to me was a cool thing that he did, and it brought the YouTube community uh, to print, which was really really neat how he did that. So those are two great channels, Adam, that I actually consume on a weekly basis myself. So I actually just got into Casey, just heard about him oh, in the man. past literal month when I started researching drones, and uh, so definitely check back with that audience when I get a drone. I will let you guys know what I think <laughs> about it. So that, that's on my list as well. To get, uh, no. Yes, I have to talk to the wife, and we need to discuss some uh, funding options about the drone, but we'll see. I'll, I'll talk her into it. I'll talk her into it. Ne negotiations will commence. Negotiations <laughs> will commence. That is a great way of putting it. Now, Adam, before we sign off today on this episode, where can the audience find you on the interwebs? So I'm big on Twitter. Mm -hmm. So at Guy in a Cube. And then also my YouTube channel and is uh, youtube.com slash Guy in a Cube. And then also just if you're on the Microsoft side, just documentation and stuff. I do a lot on there. So if you're using the business intelligence products, go look at the documentation and you'll see my work. That is awesome. All of those links will be down below the audio in the show notes, as well as the video in the video portion on the YouTube channel. And Adam, I cannot tell you how much I have enjoyed this. I appreciate you being on the show. All right. Thanks. All right. You've been listening to the YouTube Creators Podcast. We want to thank you and invite you to subscribe to the show as well as support us on Patreon for great perks such as having your YouTube channel featured on the show and a link on our website. Until next time, keep uploading those videos.